Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Wanted to say just a quick word to thank everyone who supports our work Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. And remind you, you can get a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription where you get all of our sports coverage. That's Kentucky basketball with Jerry Tipton, Kentucky football with Josh Moore. You get our my columns, Mark Story's columns. You get Kentucky recruiting, basketball recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck. $30 for the first year for a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. Please check that out. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, check out all of our offers. And once again, we thank everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview Saturday's Kentucky-Georgia football game. It's a noon start at Kroger Field on the SEC Network. Kentucky comes into the game 2-3, and three, uh, coming off a disappointing 20-10 to 10 loss at Missouri. Georgia comes into the game 3-1. and one. The Bulldogs have had a week off. Their last game, they lost to Alabama 41-24. They actually led Alabama 24-20 at the half. Uh, but gave it up in the second half in Tuscaloosa. And my guests are Chip Towers of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He's he's going to give us the scouting report on Georgia. And, of course, my regular guest on these preview podcasts, Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. And we'll talk about Kentucky's problems coming off the Missouri game and what they have to do to uh, pull off the upset against Georgia. But first, we're going to start with Chip Towers of the AJC, and then we'll go to Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald-Leader. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Chip Towers of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. How are you doing today, Chip? Hey, fantastic. John, how are you guys? I'm doing great. Uh, Chip has covered Georgia for – how long have you covered Georgia, Chip? You know, people always ask me that, and it (laughs) seems like it would be an easy answer, but I haven't always covered Georgia. There were – I had different incarnations with the AJC, but, you know, I, I attended the University of Georgia and started covering them as a student for the red and black newspaper, that was 1985. Okay. Uh, and then I covered them mostly for like, uh, the first eight or nine years out of college. Then I did a few different things for the AJC, uh, you know, over a number of years and including being college editor. And then finally, uh, finally, you know, sort of 
pinballed my way back onto the beat, uh, which has worked out good for me because I've kind of uh, remained in the Athens and and uh, general area ever since I was in school. So you know, off road about thirty five years, I guess. Wow. Wow. Uh, of course, Georgia's uh, coming off. Uh, they've had a couple of weeks. They got a surprise off week last week. Uh, this game was scheduled for last Saturday. It was moved around with COVID. Uh, their last game, they lost to Alabama. I know it had to be a disappointing loss. Uh, how, have they, how have they reacted to that? How have they bounced back? I mean, what, what's the mood of the Georgia program going into this game? Well, it's, it's actually pretty good. You know, I mean, I, you know, probably the national narrative is that, you know, Georgia fell on its face again against Alabama. And they certainly, you know, got exposed in a few ways, particularly in the second half. You know, I mean, that, right. you know, that game was in some ways closer than it seemed. I know, you know, it's always seems the case. But, you know, Georgia's leading 24-17 late in the half. I, and, and Alabama goes down and, and does a great job to get a – a field goal off and you know when when do you see alabama make a 52 yard field goal right and they right. <laughs> they did that uh, you know as the clock expired and uh at halftime and you kind of knew it's like ooh, that's not good you know um but the fact of the matter is i mean alabama has or had some world-class wide receivers in georgia georgia's defense you know they went in there uh with a with some bravado and and with the scheme, which worked well for a half to well for part of a half uh, to to you know take them on with some one on ones, and you know what happens when you you know you're trying to cover four two receivers with with cornerbacks uh, if you slip or, or or you know they got a half a step on you man Mac Jones puts it in there and so Georgia gave up a 90 yard touchdown a 40 yard touchdown and a 17 yard touchdown wow. you know. Other than that, Mr. Lincoln, how was the play? But, I mean, it, they actually <laughs> played pretty good with them the rest of the time. So uh, and they, so to answer your question, um, Georgia obviously had three interceptions as well, and they have a quarterback issue, as I understand Kentucky does, uh, a little bit of a quarterback issue, though it doesn't seem like much of a controversy this week. But anyway, um, you know, they came out of there kind of knowing that okay, we can play with Alabama, but we have to tighten up these things in these areas. And, you know, unlike Kentucky, I don't know who, uh, you know, Mark Stoop pissed off at the, uh, at the league office, you know, but the, the, the COVID reshuffle worked out, I think, really well for Georgia to get this off week now rather than when it was scheduled uh, for this weekend. And, um, and, and they were able to, to work on a lot of things. And I think they're going to, uh, be a pretty tight ship by the time they arrive in Lexington. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback situation there at Georgia. Let's, let's let's talk about the offense and talk about Stetson Bennett. Uh, from what I've read and seen from you and other guys, it, it looks like Kirby Smart's going to stick with Bennett for this game. Is Am I right in that? I, I hope so. Our headline <laughs> in the AJC was, uh, was uh, Bulldogs <laughs> to stick with Stet. So, uh, uh, you know, but I mean, shoot, the way, you know, we have so little access these days and that's right. the, uh, that's what the tea leaves and the quotes kind of tell you right now. Uh, anything could happen, but you know, George has kind of been in a uh, tough situation ever since Jamie Newman opted out three weeks before the season opener at the quarterback position, Stetson Bennett was never the intention this year. Uh, his father swears to me he's 5'11 and 7'8. 
Um, but there's a lot of evidence to the contrary, and not the least of which was 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 five deflected passes, you know, at the line of scrimmage against uh, Alabama this past weekend. So, right. but he he really appears like their best option right now. Uh, you you might have read a little bit about. JT Daniels, a former five-star from Southern Cal, who oddly at the time transferred here over the summer. Maybe he knew something we didn't know about Jamie Newman, uh, but he hadn't played yet, which is kind of odd. Supposedly he's been cleared from a knee injury, but we have we haven't seen hiding or hair of him, as we say in down in these parts. And um, and then Dwan Mathis, you know, started the opener, 6'6, 210, fastest guy, strongest arm. Uh, but he really laid an egg in six possessions in Georgia's opener against Arkansas. And uh, he's played some uh, garbage time down since then. But, you know, I think Stetson's still going to be the guy this week. And uh, generally, you know, other than the three interceptions this past weekend, he had none to that point. He was really, you know, kind of one of the great stories in the SEC this year. Kind of came down to earth against Alabama, but Alabama returns a lot of people to earth uh, last time I checked. So I, I think he's okay. And But we may see somebody else this weekend, but I think for sure Stetson's going to start. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, he's a really good story. Uh, uh, he's a walk-on, right? And then did he go to a junior college and then he came back to Georgia? Is that right? Yeah, you know, St- the, the name Stetson Bennett first really uh, – I heard a little bit about him in recruiting. He was an invited walk-on. He wasn't just the uh, show up and, and, and ask for some pads guy. But um, he had some offers, but he's a you know, legacy. Both his parents are pharmacists, both graduated from Georgia, grew up. Um, going to every Georgia game, you know, his heroes are Thomas Davis and David Pollock and, uh, you know, all those play David Green players from that era um, when he was growing up. And uh, he's a, you know, straight A student. And so, you know, he had a lot of academic uh, help. And so he comes to Georgia anyway, 2017, Georgia's making the run um, to the national championship game. They're getting ready for Oklahoma. And that's when you first heard about a Mel Tucker, Georgia's, defensive coordinator brought him up uh, at, at the Rose Bowl press conference saying, I don't know how we're going to do against Baker Mayfield, but if we don't do any better than we did against Stetson Bennett, we're in trouble. <laughs> and uh, so he was playing Baker Mayfield uh, in, in their, on their scout defense. And, and apparently there are different rumors that he went 22 for 22 or 20 of 21 against the first team defense and had him scared to death. And of course that was a, a great game. They ended up playing Right. Anyway, that's what he can be like. He grew up, uh, uh, you know, he loved um, uh, Johnny Manziel at, at Texas A&M and kind of played like that uh, at in in high school uh, down in Blackshear, Georgia. Um, and he's shown flashes of that. He's kind of sneaky quick, uh, but he is small. Uh, he supposedly has large hands, but, you know, he's lacking a little bit of range uh, in throwing the balls and um, – you know, it was a great story there for a while, but, you know, you know how fans are. I mean, as right. soon as uh, he had that outing against Alabama, uh, we can't win with a midget at quarterback. And, you know, that's kind of what you what you hear coming out of uh, Georgia's fan base right now. But uh, I think the reality is, is you know, in terms of getting him in the right play and knowing what he's doing, he's a redshirt junior. He went to junior college uh, for a year because he, he earned and he did earn – several scholarship offers. In fact, he was going to sign with Louisiana Lafayette. I think it was 
on the eve of Georgia offering him to come back because they needed some quarterback depth. And lo and behold, a year later, here he is, Georgia started. Wow. What what about the rest of the offense, especially running back? I know I'm watching him. I mean, Kirby's used to, uh, and you got a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. They've used to like a rotation of different backs. Do they want to keep that up, or do they want to settle on one guy? And who are a couple other guys yeah. on Georgia that Kentucky offense that Kentucky fans should look for? Well, yeah, the Kentucky fans can enjoy this because I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how this plays out. Now, Zamir White is their starting running back, and he is a former number one recruit in America, um, you know, out of Scotland, North Carolina. And, um, uh, you know, he's uh, he, a little bit of background. He had he had back-to-back knee injuries, one on one knee his senior year and one on the other knee his, his freshman year when he shows up at Georgia. So he was delayed in getting going. Um, but he's the starter. Uh, but, you know, Georgia's re- recruited like it always does at that position. And, you know, they have four stars and five stars all over the place. And one of those is really emerging right now. Uh, he's a four star, five star, depending on which service you subscribe to um, out of California, Kendall Milton. And um, he's uh, and they, uh, they had another guy, Kenny McIntosh, who was gr- doing a great job. But he got hurt in the um, Alabama game on the opening kickoff. And we haven't seen him since, but Kendall Milton wears number 22 and he is deserves more carries based on, uh, you know, the eye test that everybody has seen. Um, Zamir is still the main guy. Uh, he's kind of a leader on the team. He's a tough guy, uh, really good between the tackles, but Kendall Milton uh, seems like he brings all, uh, the outside and the inside all to the table. He's big and fast and, he comes out of California as a, a five-star back, and and I think you'll probably see him get a few more carries this week. What about anybody else? Uh, who else on the offense should uh, get a Well, you know, uh, so Georgia Georgia lost eight starters off their uh, offense last year, including quarterback Jake Fromm. So this was a complete rebuild. Right. Uh, you know, you had Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, and Isaiah Wilson, the right tackle, both go in the first round of the NFL draft, you know, so pretty unusual to get right. bookend tackles going the first round. And then Solomon Kinley went in the third or fourth round, but he's starting for the Miami Dolphins now. And then Cade Mays, you know, transfers to Tennessee, Tennessee which right. is still the oddest thing uh, I think I've ever seen. Of course, his, his, his dad lost his pinky and is sued in the university. And, you know, you call we call it pinky gate around here, but, um, <laughs> It's just, uh, I mean, it's just, and, and Jake Fromm turns pro, you know, and goes in the fifth round or whatever. To, uh, it was just a weird transition. Uh, so they're a complete redo. Uh, I, you know, Georgia's not as powerful and explosive uh, on offense as they have been in the past, but they have a lot of elements, you know. So, you know, George Pickens, number one, uh, is one of the best receivers in the country, but he had really hadn't gotten that many opportunities this year. Uh, and, um, uh, Georgia's really strong at the tight end. They've recruited well there. You, you're going to see a six foot eight freshman who wears the number zero named Darnell Washington, uh, number one tight end in America. Georgia had the number one recruiting class. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Uh, uh, he was the number one tight end in the country, and and he's a, just a freak of nature. Um, and then they got a, a, a graduate transfer named Trey McKitty from Florida State who gives them some explosivity at that position. And um, uh, Yaris Jackson, the new name, uh, kind of emerged in the Alabama game is Jeremy Burton, uh, another California recruit, a wide receiver and a freshman, 
um, who got the most targets in the Alabama game. I think he was targeted 12 times. Um, now those weren't all completions and, and, uh, but he's a really fast kid. Where's the number seven? So, you know, this is a very young offensive squad. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it definitely in the, in the building, rebuilding process, so that's going to be a good matchup with, with Kentucky's defense that, um, as usual, you know, has the respect of, of Georgia and, and, and the SEC this year. What about the Georgia defense? I know uh, pretty stout up until the Alabama game, but as you mentioned, Alabama's <laughs> they're putting up points on everybody. What about what about the Georgia defense? Well, you know that's going to be a real problem for Kentucky on Saturday because not only are they good anyway, but they're they're motivated, you know, for being exposed a little bit. You know, this is, I mean, they have NFL cornerbacks, uh, three or four of them, and and a couple of those cornerbacks they uh, put at the nickel position. So they, they have really good matchups. Uh, teams, teams other than Alabama have a hard time finding a real good matchup advantage against them. And their inside linebackers, uh, Monty Rice and, and N'Kobe Dean. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, a former number one linebacker out of Mississippi, um, is, is great in coverage as well. He's really fast. He's small but fast. And so it's just difficult to get a real good matchup against Georgia. And now they are bringing it this year, John. Um, you know, Georgia, the last couple of years has is, is been really good on defense, but oddly uh, low on what they call havoc numbers and mm-hmm. sacks and, and things like that. Their, their havoc numbers are way up this year. Um, Might have cost them a little bit against Alabama, but you're going to see them um, blitzing a lot more, running a lot more twists and, and uh, crosses and and um, and things like that. Uh, and I, I think Kentucky will get the kitchen sink, um, you know, because they're and they're going to stuff that run. You know, that's the one thing that they do. So they're going to force you to pass. So whether it's Terry Wilson or or Joey Gatewood, they're they're going to, you know, make it up to them to to beat them with their arm. And what about the what about special teams? What about the kicking game? I know they lost uh, Rodrigo uh, Blankenship graduated. I guess he's kicking for the Colts now, isn't he? I believe he is. Yeah, yeah. he 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 didn't get drafted, uh, which he was real disappointed about. But Hot Rod, who intercel- introduced himself to the world right there at Kroger Field, uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, crazy thing that really was where it, when he introduced himself to the world and, uh, he is leading the last time I checked, he was leading the NFL in scoring. So, uh, uh, you know, he made the roster. I can't remember who they had a veteran there, beat him out and won that job, which is interesting with Georgia's current kicking situation. So, so Georgia goes out and, um, gosh, I can't even remember his name now. Uh, they, uh, Jared Zirkle, they uh, signed, you know, I, you know, here I go again, you know, number one <laughs> kicker in the country right. from Texas. I, you know, I don't know what, you know, there's a lot of number one kickers in the country, depending on which uh, service you subscribe. But anyway, this, this kid was highly advertised, you know, record kick at Texas and all that kind of stuff. But he got beat out uh, in, in competition, preseason competition by a game, uh, a guy named Jack Podlesny. Uh, who's a redshirt freshman out of Savannah, I think, or something like that. But uh, he's been really good. He's got a couple of 50-plus yarders. Uh, you know, he beat him out fair and square and won the position. And then, uh, you know, Kentucky has a great punter, no question about it. Georgia probably has the best punter in the country. In fact, really? I mean, if you're looking at statistically, he leads the nation in, 
in punting. I think he has five or six punts already, Jake Marta, of over 60 yards. Just a booming leg, and he's flipping the field for him. So that's really helping Georgia defensively as well as even when they go three and out down on their end of the field, he just punts it down to the other end, and Georgia's defense is well capable of, of um, you know, keeping an opposing offense not named Alabama from traveling the length of the field. Yeah. Huh. Uh, okay, so, Chip, what, what about some keys for Saturday? What are, what are there things Georgia has to do? They uh, Mark Stoops has never beaten the Bulldogs. It's been a while since Kentucky's beaten Georgia. Uh, what do they have to do Saturday to make sure that uh, Kentucky doesn't sneak one, <laughs> sneak one over on them? Yeah, I know. You know, I, I can remember many, many times when the Big Blue rolled over uh, uh, the red and black, and, and it's always always – been devastating i was surprised to look and see it's been 10 in a row yeah. uh that georgia's won especially you know during this this era which i think is 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 been very positive for kentucky football under mark stoops but they, they and they won most of those games pretty handily except the one yeah. that we mentioned where hot rod had to kick uh right. kick field goal at the end of the that cold cold night uh there in lexington um so but uh you know georgia got it i mean the, the bottom line georgia's got it take care of georgia they can't turn the ball over uh, three times in the last game um i think it was th- three turnovers to, to alabama's one um you just can't have it and they hadn't been doing that and yeah it's going to be interesting to see how kirby plays it because i mean i think he's he's like nick saban and his natural tendency is he wants to play defense and uh and, and special teams right and right. uh but that's really, you know, we're see, we've seen such a dramatic metamorphosis uh, in the game. You know, Georgia also knows that it has to score. Uh, if it, it look, their 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 goal is national championship, and their goal is to get another crack at Alabama. And to do that, you're not going to hold Alabama to 20 points. You know, right. they know that. So I I don't know that for a win, all Georgia has to do is go play control offense take care of the football uh you know maybe take a few shots here and there and you're going to win this game i think uh pretty easily but at the same time they've got florida coming up on the other side of this and and they've got uh alabama on their mind so you know maybe they maybe they try to open things up and and get a little squirrely with it with the with the inverse being they feel like they can probably keep kentucky's offense in check well but that's a big key you know turnovers and uh and special teams will, will play a big role. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've, they've got a streak going against – yeah, Stoops has been able to – I mean, he's beaten Florida. Florida, he beat Tennessee. Tennessee broken a couple of streaks there. But he hasn't been able to have much uh, success with uh, Georgia. Of course, Georgia shut him out last year in that rain game uh, there in Athens with uh, Lynn Bowden, at quarterback for Kentucky. So we'll see how it goes uh, on Saturday. Chip, tell the listeners how they can follow you leading on Twitter and so forth leading up to the game and after the game. Yeah, I'm 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 at uh, C Towers AJC uh, on Twitter, and uh, you know you can uh, read all my stuff at AJC.com. Uh, we have a uh, George Bulldogs page there, AJC.com/slash George Bulldogs, and you can read everything right there. Well, be sure and check Chip out. He does a tremendous job. Everybody at the AJC does a great job. And Chip, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Enjoyed it, John, and I'm I'm glad you and everybody's well up there. Same to you down in Athens, everybody down in Georgia. Thanks, Chip. See you, man. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How are you doing today, Josh? 
I'm well, John, trying to, uh, you know, mentally prepare myself for uh, this trip to Kroger Field this week. Uh, it's obviously not a, not a long trip, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It feels long in some ways, given the opponent in front of the, the Wildcats and uh, the way they've looked recently on the on one side of the ball, at least. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that. Yeah, it's, it'll be a tough game against Georgia, no doubt about that. Kentucky coming off that 20-10 to 10 loss to Missouri. Um, not a very good offensive showing. Uh, Josh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Mark Story when we did our podcast earlier in the week. Uh, you're Eddie Grant. How do you fix the UK offense? Uh, well, I mean, the, you know, I think fans think there's a, you know, you just wave the wand and change quarterbacks and it's going to suddenly look a lot different. I don't know when you look at, you know, maybe going through the week with them preparing with Joey at the, at the range this week, you know, with, obviously Terry's been out with an injury the past couple of days, or at least at the end, it, it seems like, uh, you know, talking, about, talking about Joey Gatewood, yeah, that Terry Wilson is not uh, – he hadn't practiced. We're recording this on Wednesday. He hadn't practiced on Monday or Tuesday. So, it sure, reading between the lines, it sure looks like Joey Gatewood uh, will be the starter on Saturday unless something, unless something changes, which would be his first start. But, yeah, go ahead. Right, and I guess, you know, maybe you think – maybe you do some different stuff in practice and game plan-wise um, with Joey since if you know it's him. You know, rather than just throwing him out there and running the kind of the game plan that you were with, with Terry, um, but I don't know. I watching at least watching. I, I went back through the film yesterday some, and you know, watching the way they were calling things. I don't know that there's anything that that Joey was doing that Terry couldn't have been doing, and vice versa. It seemed kind of it was like a very carbon copy kind of. Um, you know, it's really. I, I still it goes back to the the receivers. I think is is such a big part of this. Like those guys just. A lot of them aren't getting open, and and when they are open, then, then it just happens to be on plays where where the quarterbacks are making reads that are questionable, and it's it's a uh, you know I think you I think if you want to honestly I think you lean more into what you were doing last year. If, if it's about winning games, I think that's probably the the best key to success they have. Uh, and in Georgia, you know it's, it's you know it's not the opponent necessarily wants to have to do that again so i don't know that it will work against them it didn't last year um but but going forward i think you can set yourself up to still finish kind of strong um you know basically playing Bowden ball um but you, that obviously comes with its own perils you don't want to further stunt the receiver growth and 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 all the things that kind of came with that so it's a it's a going to be a fun few weeks here the next couple <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean if you think yeah i mean if, now gatewood coming out you know he's transferred from auburn uh he was a heralded recruit uh but in talking to the people down at auburn uh they talk like you know he's a really good athlete he can run the ball he was very inconsistent throwing the ball at least in his auburn now the coaches have indicated they feel like he's made some improvement in that area but still, yeah, if you're going to run a uh, offense similar to the one they ran last year when they made the quarterback change after Terry got hurt and they moved uh, Lynn Bowden to quarterback where they barely threw the ball at all. And they're not throwing the ball a whole lot now, but they barely threw the ball at all last year. But Bowden was a special kind of athlete. I don't know that we know that Gatewood is that kind of athlete. We haven't seen that yet. But um, the thing that got me about the Missouri game is, I mean, I think they try, they opened up 
throwing the ball because they felt like Missouri was going to stack the box. They thought they could take advantage of some one-on-one matchups with the receivers, but that just didn't happen. And a combination of that and Terry not throwing the ball well, um, you know, they couldn't get much done through the passing game. So there was no reason for Missouri to back out of the box. Uh, although I thought when they did run the ball or committed themselves to running the ball at certain points of the game, you know, they did okay. And a big question is, you know, what about Chris Rodriguez? Why isn't he getting the ball more? And Eddie was asked that yesterday. Yeah, and he actually was, you know, pretty – I mean, I, he obviously wasn't going to throw AJ under the bus. And, and once, you know, they still kind of all subscribe to that, you know, hot hand. And right. Who needs to, you know, you know, if it's a long series, things kind of change or whatever. But, but he did just say that. Chris needs to get the ball more, and I think that's a. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody could have watched what happened Saturday, and he has four carries going into the fourth quarter, and think that kid shouldn't have had the ball. I mean, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's you know the amount of plays they ran, and yeah, they and, only had they only had thirty two plays or thirty six plays total on the game to Missouri's ninety two. But as Eddie said, part of that's because they weren't ma- they weren't making first down, so they weren't extending drives. Right, and you watch. So I'm watching the so that first drive, like you mentioned, they come out and throw it three straight times, and 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 you know go nowhere. The, I mean, I'll say that last play of that drive maybe should have been the first play, you know, where they Man. get pick up yards, and and you know, obviously I know you're and it's kind of showing what the defense, whatever. But but then that next drive, they come out and run the ball, get a first down. They like on three straight runs, and then I can't remember if they ran it again straight or if they carry um, uh, on a read. And he, it just blows up on them. I mean, they end up losing like two yards. Right. And and this team, we could probably go back to every game and, and watch if, if you had the time to do it. They do not – if they get behind, on especially on first down, it's over. You can go ahead and draw that up as a punt. Like, they just have – it doesn't seem like they have any capability of recovering from a loss. Um on the on the start of a drive <laughs> it's right. it's you know it, it literally every other team in the league can can do that i mean it's like everybody we talk about so much about the receivers and and the downfield game and everything but missouri's got the same level recruits that uk's got <laughs> you know it's not like and they're able to recover from these you know and get into these second and 13 spots and get first downs and that's just not something kentucky sh- you know this year has shown itself able to do it all um no, they couldn't they couldn't even on saturday anyway if they got in second five they couldn't get the first down i think they averaged just a little over two yards per second down play their first down average was not that bad i don't have it off the top of my head part it's of that like was that they had a 20 is that what it was yeah i think it was 7.3 yeah part of that that was inflated by aj rose had a 29 yard run on first down i think chris rodriguez had a 17 yard run on first down and they didn't have that many first downs to begin with so that that you know that inflated those figures but their Mm -hmm. second down i think they averaged just a little over two yards and you know even if you get in you know manageable second down distance at second and five or second and six or something like that you only get two yards you're facing third and four third and five you know and they couldn't convert on uh, third down either yeah, I and mean, when they have, I mean, and that's where the passing game, the lack of any threat in the passing game really comes and bites you. You don't have anybody going across the middle that, that you're worried about. I mean, there's plays like on that throw to Upshaw on the uh, the first play of the game. <laughs> the, you know, it's like, I get it. Like, you want to take a shot downfield. But DeMarcus Harris is crossing 
and 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 probably could have been hit for a first, you know, assuming he catches it. And again, I, it's like it's you 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 say that and you think you see okay, this guy's kind of open. Probably could have had a better chance of making a catch than Keaton would have. But he's also dropped three passes this year, so you it's like right. I can and not wanting to force it in there to him too. So it's there's just so many things going on um, downfield and with the quarterback between you know, between both groups. It's it's really. It just doesn't seem like there's any chemistry at all, right. um, you know, beyond what what Terry and, and Josh have, right. and and it's you know it's troubling, you know, and I don't know how you <laughs> yeah yeah that's one word for it it's troubling <laughs> yeah they got the uh, yeah you know, and they Eddie's talked a lot about reads I know he he you know about making the right read I know he said about Joey on Saturday that Joey you know a couple of reads could have been different but he made a couple of really good reads he said so. Uh, I think part of that, and we don't always, it's hard to tell, especially on the TV copy about who, making the right read if you don't see the all 22 uh, tape. But, but part of it is the quarterback in this offense has to make good decisions, has to make good reads. And But no, I think, and, and Mark Story and I talked about this, you know, it, a lot of times it looks like Terry is hesitating when he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, to your point, part a good Part of that is guys aren't getting open. His receivers aren't getting open, and that's causing him to hesitate. So, uh, yeah, they got their work cut out for him this week with Georgia. Yeah, you know, if, ideally, if you're going to make a quarterback change for whatever reason, you wish it was the next week because you got an off week. And that's what they did last year. They had the two weeks in between when they put Bowden in a quarterback. They had time to kind of map out what they wanted to do. This year they don't have that. They have the off week after this Saturday for the Georgia game. But uh, just the fact that Terry hasn't practiced, I think we're going to see Joey on Saturday and probably as the starter, and it'll be interesting to see if that makes any difference. And I guess, you know, now that I think about it, I mean, on one hand, I'm like, you you get conspiratorial when it comes to the this mysterious hand injury that, that you know, has suddenly been talked about this week. But it also kind of makes more sense if, if maybe something happened to Terry at the end of that game, and that's why Joey went back, you know, why they threw Joey back up. Yeah, 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 right. You know. And when we asked when we asked Stoops about after the game, he said, you know, just, it was to get him reps. And I, I can see that. I mean, uh, they weren't going to come back. Chances of them coming back and winning that game were slight, and Terry wasn't really getting anything done, so we'll stick Joey back out there. But uh, it may be that because Terry, Terry had, a, had a hand injury. Okay. Yeah, and, it, and regardless, I mean, I do think it's, you know, you this week you just, I mean, they're not going to go in, obviously, chalking it up as a loss, but you kind of got to, you know, just do everything you can to not get embarrassed and and and, and not get Joey hurt because that would be the worst thing is to, you right. know, trot him out his first start and then something bad happens. Right. But, Right. No, it's it's a tough task all all around, no doubt about it. What okay, what about the defense? You said you went back and watched some of the uh video. The defense uh, their biggest problem on Saturday, they could not get off the uh, off the field on third down. Missouri converted third down after I think they ended up converting 10 third downs and when they didn't make it on third down, they converted on fourth down two or three times. Um what about the defense coming out of the Missouri game and going into Georgia? Yeah, yeah, it was 10 on third and four on if they were 24 for five so overall they were 14 of 25 on those conversions which which is i gotta think you know we will get to talk to brad white today i got a feeling he's you know he was pretty po'd about that 
<laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very frustrating. Uh, it has to be frustrating. I mean, you get them in a third down situation and you can't get them, a, can't, you know, stop them and get them off the field. That's got to be, especially would Missouri have 43 minutes in the time of possession. I mean, that's just got to be very. So all in all, considering, you know, the offense wasn't getting anything going, the defense couldn't get off the field. I mean, it's no wonder that the defense got tired there in the second half. I, I mean, who could blame them? Yeah, I mean, I'm more, I'm a lot more willing to forgive the defense for what happened on Saturday oh, yeah. than I am. Just, I mean, and I get it. Like they, and they were definitely complicit in the, you know, they needed to get off the field, and, and they, you know, and there were times where they were in, they were in third and longs, and still gave up, you know, right. plays that they shouldn't have. But, it, you know, at some point when, and, and and you could see it even you know when they when when Kentucky scored when when Terry hit Josh for that touchdown to at that time bring it within seven the I mean they came out and had a three and had their first three out in the game in the fourth quarter like I mean <laughs> you know you see what your offense scoring can do for for you um as far as like playing more inspired defensively and and, and then they come out and have a three and out on offense so it's like okay you just wasted all that momentum but mm-hmm. well, the one time you had momentum in the game and you just you know you kind of flush it down the toilet right so it <laughs> yeah they had a three and out and then they got the ball i'm looking at the play-by-play here now uh the yeah they had a force they scored to make it make it 17 to 10 force a three and out as you said missouri's uh, first three and out and then they get their ball back and there's a two-yard run by aj rose an incomplete pass to daly and then wilson had to throw the ball away because he uh, of the rush and there wasn't anybody open so we got another Max Duffy punt, and then Missouri goes down on a 15-play, 59-yard drive and kicks a field goal to make it 20-10. to 10. So, yeah, they totally squandered the momentum there. Uh, on, by the offense couldn't get anything going and put the defense right back out on the field. And, and you can live with that kind of drive, like that kind of moment in a game if you were able to tack on a field goal earlier or, you know, or if you'd had something, you know, if anything – any of those possessions were the – I mean, I think – I don't remember off the top of my head, but it, it seemed like – because, again, they had at least four three and out. And, man, it might have been five or six. But it was definitely at least – I mean, they, well, it couldn't have been that many. I guess it was three or four because they only had like seven possessions. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they but, had but, Looking at it now, they had four three and outs, and then on their last possession they fumbled on the first play. So, yeah. Right. So, four three and outs. If any one of those just ends up in a field goal – you you end up you know surviving that last one a little better and can still come out and feel like you know you can make a drive that 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 can put you into a position to tie the game but it's just I don't know it would be tough playing defense I mean like it's it's, it's, a, it's you know at some point you just get to the you know a, a place where it's like what are you really trying to achieve if you have to pitch a shutout every time you go out in the SEC that's a that's a Paul task. Right. I mean, no doubt, no doubt about it. And I doubt they're going to pitch a shutout Saturday, but uh, we'll we'll see. I think Georgia's stronger on defense than they are on offense, but they've still got, you know, they've obviously got got talent. So, Josh, what what does Kentucky have to do Saturday to pull off a what would at this point be a really big upset? Yeah, I mean, I think the way Kentucky wins this game, obviously, I mean, the defense has to play lots out and has to do, you know, a lot of what it against. Mississippi State and, and and Tennessee, I think you have to at this point, you know, until we see otherwise, I think you have to get points out of the defense. You're, or or at least, right. you know, 
let get them to where you're 10 or 15 yards away from the end zone. Um, so no, I, you've got to get. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, so get some turnovers. I mean, you probably got to go. I'd say you probably have to go plus two at least in turnovers to have a chance. And 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 then and and that involves you know shutting down Seth and Bennett. He's been good. Like he's been good enough. It's funny when you like. It's been funny looking at Georgia stuff this week because they're ready. You know, they're already wondering if he's the guy. Like they want to right. already play somebody. And and if he was doing the same stuff he's doing at Georgia at Kentucky, Kentucky would probably be four and one. Like <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of interesting how that you know works out sometimes and and so you know you just need to make him have a bad game again he's coming off you know obviously alabama it was his worst it was really his only first bad performance right um and you know they've they've had two weeks to prepare and and if you can his face early and and make him struggle um you know given all that time to to get ready for kentucky but they you know they're going to come in and and, and see kentucky as a team that they can kind of do the same thing that kentucky's doing if they want to shake things up at quarterback you know, they look at Kentucky as well. Why wouldn't we try something? You know, because right. for them, I think they respect Kentucky. But you know, Kentucky's closer to Vanderbilt to them than than, than you know than you know. Right. If you get what I'm saying, like you know, right. it's, it's a player game in some ways, um, or could be. You know how it goes, but yeah. it's a. Uh, you know, I think yeah, so. I mean, and and I mean, offensively, just do anything at this point. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the right. Which can be hard to do. I think Georgia's defense there, uh, you know, they want to show that they're better than they were against Alabama when they gave up 41 points. So, you know, they're going to be ready to play, even though, uh, you know, they got Florida after this, which is much, you know, bigger game as far as probably will decide the SEC East after that when they play Florida. But, uh, no, that's going to be a tough task. But no, I think your first point. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I mean, look at the stats. When Kentucky, Kentucky didn't turn Missouri over on Saturday. They're zero and three when they don't force a turnover. They're two and zero when they force turnovers. Of course, they forced a bunch against Mississippi State and Tennessee. But they have a chance. And and yeah, I've, you know, we're not talking about pick sixes necessarily, although that would be great. But just give the offense a short field to work with by turning. Georgia over and Georgia did throw I think Bennett threw three interceptions against Alabama I think he had five passes knocked down or tipped at the line of scrimmage uh, so they need to do more of that but uh, uh, oh yeah. yeah what it makes is like what what really makes this past Saturday very concerning is so this is what it looks like because Missouri's not a great team I mean they they might be fine but they're not a, a world beater and and you without any without getting an extra possession you were never really in that game right. <laughs> and 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 it makes you wonder if you hadn't gotten some of those interceptions against Mississippi State and Tennessee what kind of team we'd be looking at yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be looking good probably uh, probably the way the offense is going uh well Josh I know you've got uh, your predictions coming up later in the week uh, anything else uh, listeners should be looking for as we uh, head into the Georgia game um, nothing, uh, you know, nothing that's currently in the works. But there's always you, know, you could always come up with a surprise. I'd like to. Uh, yeah, you never know. If anybody, if anybody listening wants to pitch any ideas for uh, next week's the bye week, so I'd like to have something kind of ready going into the bye week. If there's anything you're, yeah. um, would like to know about or somebody would like to hear from, you know, I can uh, try to get that together. I'm trying to take a little time off next week. Knock on wood, but uh, you know, I'd still like to 
have some stuff ready for right. the week, you know, so people, uh, you know, right. stay uh, informed. Yeah. So give give Josh a shout. Uh, g- give him your email. Your Twitter is Josh Moore HL. Give him your e- email. Yes, Jay Moore at Harold leader.com there's a hyphen in between the herald and the leader that trips people up sometimes yeah, but, uh, they keep talking like they're going to change that but they haven't done that so yeah it's still here nice. yeah it would be nice <laughs> it would be nice it would be nice to shorten it just a little bit but we'll see that happens well be sure and check all josh's work out like say i have his predictions later in the week so you don't even have to watch the game just go by josh's predictions and <laughs> well i can tell you this Kentucky's preparing a lot better if, if they're uh, if uh, they follow my predictions, <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. They can't. That's right. They're just not living up to your predictions. That's what it is. <laughs> so, but sure, be sure and check out all Josh's work. Be sure and check him out Saturday during the game. Uh, tweeting and both on Kentucky.com. Uh, Josh does a great job, especially during the game of uh, if things are happening. Like last week, we. Uh, the Missouri game and the crowd noise was a big issue and then you had uh, other things going on during the game and they post stories during the game so be sure and check all of that out and Josh as always thanks for being on the podcast likewise thanks for having me John and uh, look forward to seeing you Saturday been a couple weeks yeah it has it has I'll see you then Okay, that'll do it on this edition of the John Clay Podcast. I want to thank my guests, Chip Towers of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. I want to thank everybody who listens to the podcast. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review wherever you can. That really helps. I want to thank everybody who's given us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps get the word out. And I want to thank everybody who follows all of our coverage at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. You can follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. You can send me an email at jclay at herald-leader.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have some more podcasts coming up, and we'll be talking to you again soon.